the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We are the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. With your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Jim Clark. Well, have you ever felt like your life is more akin to a war zone than a tranquil oasis? Well, if that's you, fear not. There is hope for you because tonight we are bringing you part 18 in our series entitled Peace in the Battle. Oftentimes, when we hear the word battlefield, we quickly envision a literal battlefield with bombs going off and machine gun fire all around. Soldiers running people, screaming and chaos all around. But have you ever considered that there is an intense battle raging in our thoughts on a daily basis? A battlefield of the mind. But don't despair. There is some good news in the midst of this battlefield. To find out about this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Good evening, Dr. Buckner. How are you doing tonight? Brother Jim, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uh, introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. So buckle up. You're getting ready to go on a ride in the Lord. Amen. Um, Jim, you knocked a home run with the things you've said regarding peace in the battlefield. And we are in a battlefield everywhere we turn, a nonstop battlefield. And the effects and the consequences of a lack of peace in our life can really cause a tremendous battlefield in our lives where there's no control. Uh, when you have the Lord, he brings control uh, in the midst of things that's out of control because we're living in a world that's out of control. We're living in homes that are out of control, marriages that are out of control, churches that are out of control, communities that are out of control. And uh, so my thing tonight is this, that we need to be in alignment to God's will. We need to be in alignment to God's will. Uh, think about this in relationship to tires. You know, uh, when a tire goes bald and it just uh, is a beat-up tire, you got to, first thing you do is you say, I got to uh, go and get some new tires. <clears throat> That's the first thing that you say. Uh, but you don't really think about, most of the time, uh, the root of the problem, because the root of the problem is that you need an alignment, and you can go get another tire and a tire after tire and spend all that money, and uh, they constantly bring wear and tear to your tires. Our lives are like that. What a comparison. When our lives are not in alignment to God's will and God's ways and God's work, then we got out of alignment and our lives starts to wear and tear just like tires on a car. And we start to get beat up just like tires on a car. 
And a car without an alignment can also end up uh, in an accident and people can get killed. And a lot of people are dying because they're not in alignment to God's will. What a comparison. Now, we've said by way of review that there are five ways you can be afflicted uh, when you lack the peace of God. Now, let me kind of review these five ways. And this is in relationship to the alignment now, because when we're not in alignment with God's will, ways, and work uh, in our life, then what happens is we are out of alignment on a spiritual level. We start to get affected on a spiritual level. And this spiritual level leads to an emotional level, because we're not in alignment with God in prayer, Bible study, not in alignment with God in uh, the Word of God and accountability and, and fellowship. Then what happens is we get in a lo- out of alignment uh, with our emotions, and then that's number two. And then number three, we get out of alignment with our mental uh, problems start to happen, and we look at the world today and Mental illness is one of the biggest problems today. And then number four, physical affliction. So we have this spiritual affliction, number one, emotional affliction, mental afflictions, physical afflictions. And out of this physical affliction, we talked about seven ways you can be afflicted from a physical standpoint. And when we talked about these uh, different seven ways you can be afflicted, let me review that out of the physical one. Number one, uh, sleepless days and nights leads to restless days and nights. A lot of people can't sleep at night. They're troubled, troubled hearts, troubled minds, keep them up all night. And number two, irritation. This all stems from the physical attacks of the enemy, getting upset quickly and getting into a spirit of anger and rage. We see this all around us today in our world. Number three, uh, this leads to eating disorders. We get to the point where we start to not eat right or eat too much, and our uh, eating habits get out of whack. And then number four, this can lead to suicidal acts or suicidal tendencies, and we see this happening in our world today. And, and there are studies that say that uh, suicide is just uh, on the rampage among young people. And then number five, This leads to immorality, and we live in a world of fornication, adultery, pornography, and on and on and on. Then number six, and I want to develop this some more, is drunkenness, drunkenness. I want to talk about that. And what people do today is that a lot of people in the church and outside the church who don't have the peace of God, they drown their troubled minds and troubled hearts with alcohol. And they think that getting drunk as a skunk will bring them a sense of peace, but it's a counterfeit peace. And also drunkenness enslaves your, you and destroys you physically, mentally, uh, and eventually it can destroy you eternally because 1 Corinthians 6 says, no drunkards can enter the kingdom of God. I want you to really listen to that now, First Corinthians 6 and 9. This is not Buckner's Bible. says drunkards will not enter the kingdom of God. Now, talking about this thing of drunkenness, what does the Apostle Paul say? And I want to kind of like lay out this thing under drunkenness, several points with this. 
Uh, the Apostle Paul says, number one, in Ephesians 5 and 18, do not be drunk with wine. Here is a command from God and a demand from God in complete obedience to not be drunk with wine. And the Bible actually talks about 30 different warnings in the entire Bible regarding drunkenness with wine and substances. So there are 30 different warnings. I'm not going to get into all those 30 different warnings, but I want to list uh, several of them. So the first one out of these different warnings about drunkenness is Ephesians 5 and 18. Don't be drunk with wine. And, uh, you know, and you need to understand that alcohol is known, and I'm a professional counselor as well, it is known as the gateway drug. It opens up the floodgates, Pandora's box, to all the other substance abuses. And then number two, uh, drinking too much alcohol can lead to disgrace of yourself, your family as well. We talked about this last time with Noah. He planted after the, the flood, he planted a vineyard, and he got drunk as a skunk. And his uh, sons saw his nakedness. This, we find this in Genesis 9. So he became a disgrace to not only himself but to his family. And this is what alcohol does. It brings a disgrace to you and a disgrace to your entire family. Number three, in Genesis 19, too much alcohol can lead to overindulgences, which can lead to incest. After God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot hid out in the mountains. His daughters uh, uh, expected that he would be the last man alive on the earth, and they conspired to get Lot drunk. And then he ended up getting drunk again as a skunk. And his children uh, thought that nobody else would be in the world as far as a man. And they plotted, and they were successful with their plot, to give him alcohol. And he took the alcohol through free will, and uh, they ended up uh, taking advantage of him sexually. Listen, if Lot had been sober, he would have never done this grievous, vile sin and behavior. And that's what alcohol does. It gets you into a irrational, illogical state of thinking, 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 and you end up getting yourself in trouble with uh, disgracing your family, your marriage, even you end up uh, in jail or something to that nature. Number four, the Bible warns that drunkenness will lead to immorality. We learn about this uh, not only with Sodom and Gomorrah, but we learn about this in the book of Leviticus chapter 18. Explicitly warns against the exposing your nakedness to those who are not your spouse. These warnings are ultimately against sexual immorality. So in the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 16, it makes a clear connection. It says, now you yourself drink and expose your own nakedness. And even the book of Lamentations chapter 4 and verse 21 repeats this warning. But the cup will come around to you as well. You will become drunk and make yourself naked. Now, Now, drinking too much alcohol can lead to wrongfully exposing your nakedness. 
And we see this over and over in our world among young people, drinking, getting drunk, taking off their clothes, having sex with other people, not in their right mind, getting raped. And we see these fraternity groups in colleges and and high high schools. It's just a, a... uh, a real sinful state of thinking and irrational way of thinking. That's what alcohol does. And we see this in nightclubs and bars and gambling casinos, people getting drunk and they are out of their minds and losing their minds. So protect yourself from immorality and nakedness. Ephesians 5 and 18 says, do not be drunk with wine. Now, number five, drunkenness causes serious health problems. While 1 Timothy 5 and 23, the Apostle Paul recommends to young Timothy, who was sick, a little wine is good for stomach's sake uh, and the ailments of sickness, but there are too many Bible passages that talk about the physical ailments and sicknesses associated with alcohol abuse, even including depression, red eyes, injuries, nausea, vomiting, bitterness of the soul. We learn about this in Proverbs 23 and Isaiah 19 and 14. I'm bringing this home soon. Number six, heavy alcohol use is a tool for Satan for sexual abuse against others. As in the case of Lot's daughters, men and women alike can use alcohol as a way to seduce and prey on people for sexual relationships. Satan loves to get you in a state of mind where you're not thinking right, so he can take advantage of you. Question, what does, what does too much alcohol do? Answer, too much alcohol brings down your natural defenses. And once someone is intoxicated by wine or strong drink, they can uh, make you lose your mind too, get you to a state where you cannot refuse them sexually in their sexual advances. So the Bible warns against this in Habakkuk 2 and 15. And uh, we need to take heed to that uh, when it talks about, uh, Woe unto him that giveth his neighbor drink, and putteth thy bottle to him, and maketh him drinketh also, till thou mayest look on their nakedness. Now, let me just uh, bring this home with two more points. Number seven. Um, poverty, the Bible warns that poverty is a result of heavy drinking. Poverty is the result of heavy drinking. Proverbs 23 and 21 says, For the heavy drinker and glutton will come to poverty. That is so true. So much wasted money, expenses on money, drugs and alcohol and cigarettes. Listen, drunkards have a Difficult time holding down a job because they don't spend their money right. And Satan uses that to take advantage of the resources that God has given them. And then, number eight, and lastly, uh, the Bible warns that alcohol addiction brings supernatural and natural judgment of God upon those who practice this lifestyle. We see Our juvenile halls are filled with alcoholics. Jails are filled with alcoholics. Prisons are filled with alcoholics. God will judge you, and that's why a lot of these people are put into 
prisons and jails and juvenile hall because of alcohol abuse, and and it will cause you to do criminal acts in society, even DUIs, and it uh, causes you not only to destroy yourself but destroy others. And so it brings the supernatural judgment of God and the natural judgment. What is the natural judgment? 1 Corinthians chapter 11 talks about if we judge ourselves, we will not be judged. So you need to come to grips with the fact that you need to judge yourself before God judge you. And that's why Proverbs 23, 29, and 30 says, Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contention? Who has babbling, complaining? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of the eyes? That's what alcohol does. So I'm going to say this and I'm done. In conclusion, question is this. How do you overcome addiction? Crying out to God. Cry out to God and say, God, deliver me so that he can take over your will. If you cannot allow God, if you don't allow God to take over your will, then you need to go into a treatment program where you can gain your will back again. Because that's what alcohol does and drugs do. It attacks your will to resist. So you need to get and help. Get into a program, whether it's in-house treatment program or out-house treatment program, and stop the denial and get some help. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, and Jesus is there to help you above everything else because he is a helper in the time of need. Brother Jim. Amen, Dr. Buckner. And uh, perhaps you're just about ready to pick up that that drink right now will this should give you some pause, especially if you're driving around right now. That would be really bad. But we want to hear from you. So give us a call after this break. Yes, and welcome back to Contending for the Faith. My name is Jim Clark, and I'm in the studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And we are taking your calls. The subject tonight is all around alcoholism and the problems that alcohol can bring into your life. But before we get back to that, we want to begin by thanking everyone who has been praying for Contending for the Faith. Without your diligent prayers, we would never have been on the air so long. We also want to thank those who gave this week, Jackie, Rick, David, Gail, Mary June, Kenneth, and an anonymous giver, and then Donna and Alfred. Uh, We have a praise report to announce because of your generous givers this week. We are all caught up. That's amazing, Dr. Buckner. That's awesome. You stepped up to the plate big time in the name of Jesus. But remember, this is an ongoing process. We owe another $400 by next Saturday. It cost us $400 per week to stay on the air. We also want to thank or tell you that we were excited that we had some new first-time givers, which lets us know that, that people all over the Bay Area are getting blessed by this ministry. Well, there are two ways you can give. You can do the traditional route, which is send a check or money order in to Contending for the Faith at P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Or the new way, and much easier in my opinion, to go onto your computer and type in Contending Faith. That's the two words, contendingfaith.org. And then just click on the Donate button. And uh, that makes it super, super easy. Mm-hmm. So before we get to the callers, uh, Dr. Buckner just asked me to share a little bit about, uh, in my life, what I've seen with alcoholism. Um, and I know that, that uh, it, it, as many of you can probably attest that are listening, you've, we've all known people that have had a problem with alcohol um, that have, to the point where this literally ruined their life. 
And this is not to say that alcohol cannot be consumed responsibly. Obviously, it can. And in fact, Jesus did. And there are many people that are able to consume it. But there's a, an epidemic going on, it, and it's really a problem that one needs to be very careful when it comes to this drug. And it is a drug. Make no mistake about it. Uh, me personally, uh, you know, my mother was an alcoholic, and it was really what led to her cause of death. I've seen uh, uh, friends and other family members whose lives have been devastated by it. Uh, one friend who I knew in college who has just smoked pot his whole life, and he's, his life uh, is a testament to that. You could see what he's not done and just his overall impact in this health over the years, uh, you know, you, you can uh, really see the impact of an ongoing uh, loss of control of of these substances, and that's why they call it substance abuse. And we, these people, need our prayer. They they need our guidance and need our prayer. And uh, yes, it sometimes can be very difficult to reach them, especially if they're family members. There can be just this blockade in the way to be able to reach these people. And and uh, so, Dr. Buckner, I, uh, I, you know, I probably I don't want to go into name and names with my family and stuff, but it's uh, it is so tragic to see this. It, it really is, Jim. Thank you for sharing uh, some of your life, too. And uh, I can relate to some of that, not so much my family, per se, but my wife's family. I was sharing a little bit of that with you during the commercial break. Mm. Uh, there was uh, my wife's uh, father was an uh, alcoholic. Uh, deep alcoholic, and uh, he would uh, uh, sometimes would go over to the place and his house, and there would be beer cans in the backyard, filling up the whole backyard. And uh, he, well, you know, uh, that's a problem when you can't even muster the energy to throw the stuff away. Uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's here again. Wasted money, irrational mindset. Thinking this way Satan takes over. But the most frightening thing is this, and we'll share this with you in the listening audience. He used to, when he was drunk, he used to, in Bakersfield, he would get in his car and get my wife, my wife, who was not my wife at the time, but uh, when she was a young girl, and she remembered this vividly, it still kind of gives a chills today. And he would uh, get her and the three brothers in the car. And when he was drunk, he would go and park right on a railroad track. Wow. And sit there and sit there until a train came. And right before the train would hit them, he would move it. Can you imagine? What is it that enters into the mind to be able to do that to your own children? It's, it's amazing. And yet you could see the impact of of something like alcoholism on people that it really, I think it allows the demonic in. It does. It opens up uh, Pandora's box for the demonic to get in there. And once they, the demonic gets in there is it's an open field for anything to happen. And thank God that God had his hands upon her and her brothers and he would move before that train would hit him. But it was very close. She said, Right before the train came, he would move. Hmm. Now, sometimes an alcoholic under those circumstances could just fall right to sleep. Yeah. And I mean, they could have just lost their lives. But thank God, God was watching over them. So, appreciate you sharing that. And I want to share this other story about my uh, wife when she was a young girl, what she went through. And 
Uh, and he ended up dying at 60, between, it was 60 or 61 years of age. Yeah, see, you've already topped that already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, that's, uh, that's too young yes. to go. Absolutely. Absolutely too young. Well, what do you say we get to some callers? Let's, but before we do that, too, I oh. just want to say this to the, the, the uh, supporters. Thank you. Thank you again for your stepping up to the plate and knocking a home run. Uh, it means so much to us, and it really lets me know and our staff know how much this program means to you and how much you appreciate it, how much it's blessing you, and getting the notes that we get, uh, the letters that we get when you give your donation and talk about how much we're blessing you and the Lord. It, it means the world to us. Now that we are caught up and we have 400 to go for this next weekend, help us to stay on top of it now so we don't get behind again. So we appreciate all that you're doing in your prayers as well. All right, let's get to our callers. All right. Well, I think we have, uh, well, Brother Rick is going to be first up. Brother Rick, how are you doing? I'm blessed. How about yourself? Brother, we're truly blessed in the studio, just having a dynamic time. We wish you were no, here. I'm blessing your conversation, and, uh, you know, there's so many stories I've heard about alcoholism. It's not time for me to go through it now. But uh, I'm, I'm going to go on. I'm going to go on a uh, subject that uh, that's really creating a lot of uh, controversy. Mm-hmm. And what's and, on your John, what's on your Yeah, and John Tennant says the thief comes to kill, steal, kill, kill and destroy. Mm-hmm. But I may uh, I may come to give you life and more abundantly. Mm-hmm. The key word, the key question I have is with the word abundant, mm-hmm. because uh, people people are just twisting. Some of it's being twisted. And some of it's just, uh, some of it's limited, some of it's uh, out of context. And I'd like to get a, get a really a good biblical perspective on abundance. Okay, thank you so, so much. Rick, that's a really good question on the word abundance, because this word has been uh, abused and misused in churches and outside of churches, and it's been especially abused among uh, word faith teachers, where they say that this word, immediately means that you're going to become wealthy when you follow God and, you know, you just name it and claim it, uh, this abundant life, abundant materialism, abundant wealth, abundant this. But the word in Greek here, abundance, life, is just like what it says. It says that he's come to give us life, that you might have life that you might have it more abundant. I mean, let's look at the context, life, and have life more abundant. So the context tells you what he's talking about. And uh, this abundant life is talking about the spiritual realm. It's like it talks about in Ephesians chapter 1, that he's come to give us blessings in the heavenly. You're talking about spiritual blessings in the heavenly. Uh, Now, sometimes God's will is to help some people to be blessed above uh, what the spiritual life is all about. But this is in the context of spiritual life, and, and it's referring to the spiritual life by which he has come to give us, eternal life. It's also uh, spiritual security in that life, spiritual protection, and spiritual strength and spiritual power. This is the emphasis on the spiritual realm, not the physical realm. And now we need to understand that. If you want to look at a passage that talks about the physical realm, 
Then you look at passages such as Philippians 4 and 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. When he uses the word all, that's talking about the spiritual, the physical, mental, and all of that according to his will. Now, one other point I want to make with this abundant thing, this abundant word. If you look at Luke 12 and 15, it says, and he said unto them, take heed, uh, and he says, for a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things by which he possesses. So the same Greek word abundant is used also in Luke 12 and 15, abundant, you know, that uh, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Oh, if we would just, uh, word faith teachers would see this in the context and by which Jesus is teaching as well as a lot of people in our churches, because a lot of people in our churches and even some pastors quote this and take it out of context. And Ori Torre was right when he said, a text taken out of his context becomes a pretext for error. So hopefully that gives you some insight, Brother Rick, and uh, that's a good question that you have, and hopefully that's helped you out. I mean, I, I, just, pray for our, I just pray for our churches right now that they get out of their, that trip. Of, of the uh, of the worldly abundance, mm-hmm. because this is where we get so conformed to the world. Mm-hmm. We want we, we, we want to be. This is kind of like us as Christians wanting to be like the rest of the world, mm-hmm. instead of being those that stood, stood out. It was the same thing with the Jews when uh, they came to a point of Cain. They said, "We want to be like the rest of the nations," mm-hmm. and God never God never intended that. Oh yeah, that's right. Very true. Well, we have about a minute, and then we're going to get to the other callers um, right when we come to the commercial, after the commercial. But let's get to, um, quickly, what stood out with you with the message tonight, and then let's get to a prayer request for you, and then we'll go to a commercial. Yeah, I, I, I think that, I mean, every, everything really stood out. I mean, there was no one thing that stood out for me personally. But, uh, you know, from, from, my, from my experience, I know what it's like to get drunk personally, and uh, done, I've done things like that in my younger years. But um, I, would, I would say it, 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 gets in the way of, it gets in the way of living. Mm-hmm. That's, what it, that's what it really does. I mean, it's, we, we, we get in our own way, especially when we drink. And that's what I really learned. Amen. Well, thank you so much. And what's your prayer request so we can pray uh, for you? Continue to pray for my health, my finances, uh, my family, and uh, continue continue to keep praying what you have been praying for. Mm -hmm. All right. Sounds good. Brother Jim, you'd like to lead us in prayer and then take us right to a commercial break? All right. Yes, I would. Well, Lord, we thank you for our brother Rick. We, uh, We continue to pray for his improvement in his health, Lord. And, Father, we, uh, that he would see marked changes each day. Lord, we also pray that you would uh, meet his needs financially. And, Father, you are so gracious and so uh, um, you have been so good to us in that, in that way. And, Lord, we also play, uh, pray for his family, that you would keep them healthy as well, and that uh, you would keep his family uh, close-knit and together. And, Lord, that uh, we know how sometimes families can get. But, Lord, we just pray that the lines of communication always stay open and there's always love that's shared. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. All right. Amen. Well, with that, we will break, take a break now. And when we come back, we'd like to hear from you.
Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. My name is Jim Clark, and I'm in the studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckter taking your calls. The subject of tonight's discussion is alcoholism and its da- uh, disastrous effects on people's lives. Uh, but we've got quite a few callers we want to try and get to tonight, so I recommend we go right to them. Let's do that, Brother Jim. Okay, the first caller is CC. CC, are you there? Uh, yes, I am. How are you doing this evening? Um, how you guys doing? Well, we're truly Great. blessed, truly blessed. And uh, what's uh, uh, what was it that stood out to you? What did you get out of the word tonight? Again, you talked about the, the suicide rate and stuff. And, you know, what I'm I know, I know the suicide rate. And I heard it's really young. I mean, high among young people between the ages of eighteen and forty-nine. Um, it's really high. And then what really upset at me too is, again is when you talk about um, the alcoholism because. I know a lot of people's lives who have um, been destroyed um, behind alcoholism, and, uh, and uh, a large number of those people are teenagers and young adults. Their lives are gone, and they've um, put themselves in a lot of bad situations, like the situation you've mentioned, seeing a lot of uh, hurt, and they took a, a lot of women got taken advantage of being drunk young people, and who also um, experienced that. Um, even at school, I think it was even at school. Um, it was either this year or last year. A lot of that going on in my school, you know, you know, with the drunkenness and you know, and just all the stuff you talked about. And so many people, you know, and even how you said it destroys your body and stuff. I even know a lot of young people who um, drink alcohol and it aged them tremendously, where you wouldn't even believe that. They would tell you their age, and you'd be like, "Are you serious?" And it's, it's not for me to downgrade them, but I just see how much it's destroyed people. And um, my boy was telling me this is guy years ago, not that many, not that long ago. He was he was very young. I think he was I don't know if it was like his early twenties. Um, he had an alcohol problem, and the doctor told him to stop drinking alcohol, and he stopped for a little bit, but then he went back and started drinking it again, and um, he ended up killing himself, and he died in barely in his twenties. Yeah, so it's, it's a very serious. Yeah, it's a very serious addiction, and it's uh, demonic, and it's uh, it's something that can swiftly destroy you. Well, thank you for sharing that, uh, CC. And uh, what's on your heart tonight? What's uh, question you have? I want to ask you in First Corinthians chapter twelve. I know you're an expert in these things, and I want to get some insight on this verse. Okay, uh, First Corinthians. I mean, I mean, not not twelve. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I missed. First Corinthians fourteen. I'm thinking last week. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. We had you down for okay. First Corinthians fourteen. Two. Yeah, that's 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 the right word. I'm sorry. I'm so used to because we've been in that passage for a long time. But no, I'm in I'm in, I'm in fourteen. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you first uh, First Corinthians fourteen verse two, correct? Yeah. Okay. And why don't you read that? I want to. Um, it, it, it says. Um, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, how be it in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Mm-hmm. Right. This is a very good scripture. Uh, again, uh, just kind of let me give you a Reader's Digest condensation of this, and then I'll try to tap into it some more uh, next week if we get to the point. But uh, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. In other words, uh, when you're speaking in an unknown tongue, 
which is um, not known and understood to men, but it's understood to God. You're speaking to God because it's in the spiritual realm. It's not in the natural realm. A lot of times when we do things today, uh, when we carry on conversations, it's in the natural realm. Well, when God gives a gift of tongues, uh, it is an unknown tongue sometimes can be a gift. And then when one speaketh, he speaketh not unto men but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. In other words, they don't understand it because it's in the spiritual realm. It is something that cannot be understood by no means whatsoever, unless God gives to another person uh, the gift of interpretation. And when they have the gift of interpretation, they're able to take that uh, spiritual mystery, and God gives them a gift to interpret it in the spiritual realm. So it moves uh, from something that is not naturally understood uh, to spiritually understood because the, the interpretations become clear because the, the mystery becomes no longer a mystery because the interpretation is given by God uh, to make that mystery uh, unknown. And it's also, when he uses the word mystery, it's uh, insight and knowledge into a realm that's not pre- previously understood or known. So this is the Holy Spirit at work but also working with tongues and then the interpretation of tongues that comes with that, that unfolds the mysteries and brings the mystery to an understanding. What we'll do is kind of like, I want to deal with this a little bit more. uh, Maybe next week we'll talk more about it because we got such a lineup of callers, but hopefully that's giving you something to bite on. And why don't you chew on that? And uh, what we'll do is next week is, uh, dissect it some more, and then I'll I'll get into it in a little more detail with you. I really appreciate that, too, because I didn't do that. I really appreciate that. I would like to uh, do that. Thank you. You're welcome. So uh, we uh, will, uh, let's get your prayer request next time, and then uh, we look forward to talking to you. No problem. I understand. I've got a lot of people online. Appreciate it. Hey, if you can, if you and your wife can pray for me tonight on your own, I really appreciate that. Okay, we will do that. We will lift you up. Yeah, please. Oh, we lose him? Oh, yeah, I guess we lost him. Okay, who do we have? Jermaine? Yep, well, we'll go to Jermaine next. Jermaine, are you there? Jermaine. Oh, hello. How you doing there? Uh, pretty good. Oh, good. Uh, here with you guys. Yeah, it's good to hear from you. We haven't heard from you in a while, but it's always good to hear from you. Yeah, I've just been real busy. I heard a couple of messages, and I really appreciate you for preaching the message on alcohol tonight. That was a powerful blessing. Praise the Lord. What did, what has stood out for you? And uh, before you share something with us, what what stood out to you? Uh, you know, um, just the fact that the Bible uh, is true. A lot of what we know goes on at some of these parties and some of these get-togethers, and, and I served as a, a bouncer in Oakland for some years uh, on the side of my regular job and just to get to see the evils of what alcohol can do. Not, there are people who do drink responsibly, but many people, it seems to be like a, a form for demon possession, just also the most horrible, heinous things. 
you know, from the sexual to the, the physically violent to just, just nastiness out of people. It is, uh, you know, I haven't heard too many preachers bring that out, and I think you laid it out pretty well. So that's what stood out to me, just the Bible told us about this stuff thousands of years ago, but we just can't seem to learn our lesson. <laughs> so well said. We we just seem to not learn our lessons, and uh, that's the thing that's getting us in a lot of trouble because uh, God has warned us. And like I said in the message, there's over 30 different references where God warns people about this problem. And if we don't listen, there's going to be severe consequences because once you have that peace of God, you're just uh, at rest and you don't have to be getting into drinking, uh, drowning yourself into a lot of things that you think is going to satisfy you, but it's a counterfeit trap of the enemy. So what's on your heart uh, to to share tonight? Uh, Just, um, you know, I wanted to give you guys a praise report. I, um, Okay. You know, I've been dealing with this issue with uh, the Bay Area Fast Track for many, many months now, almost a year, and it's really becoming a thorn in my side. And, and uh, you know, I, it's ironic that Brother Jim is there because I believe he was the one that prayed for me last time a couple months ago. But, I think I was, yes. Um, I, I, re- I received about 10 different no's from these people, and I was getting a little frustrated. I finally found someone who said they can help me, only for them to disappear for about a month. And... I could not get through the phone. So I had one more round of prayer. Was, uh, a couple of friends reached out to me, let me know they were praying for me, not knowing I was praying. And I said, hey, this is a need, not a one. Lord, I need some help, and people are paying attention. And um, I felt led to reach out to this one last person who has a Internet prayer ministry, and uh, I had it impression I had to do that. Once I did that, Within 15 minutes, I, I was able to get in touch with this person and to hash it all out. She uh, she went ahead, looked at my case, and said she actually sent the answer for them to expedite me some help, but her customer service department just simply didn't send me whatever I needed to clear up my uh, my. Uh, and you know, within about five minutes, she she went ahead and erased all my fees and fines. I had almost six thousand dollars worth of penalties that. I didn't feel were justified, and, uh, you know, on a technicality, they had me, so they didn't have to do anything for me. She also discounted my final bill to uh, a measly $400 to erase all of my uh, fees that accumulated from 2018 and to be able to give me a clean slate. And, you know, I was just really uh, just kind of blown away of how this whole thing transpired, and uh, she went by hand and took care of 70 different penalties by herself. And I was able to walk down there in the city and, and get it hand delivered to me. And, uh, you know, I asked the, you know, I, I was surprised the person who was the final decision maker was looked like she was only in her twenties and she overruled a whole department and a whole company to tell me yes. And I, I just asked her what made her change her mind and what was the final decision. And she just said, well, Everyone else is saying no, and I said, don't worry about it. And she walked away. But I, I know ultimately God is one that said yes, and it was me versus an entire corporation. I had I had nothing to play with. I showed up at the table with, with zero, and it just finally at the end of all these long months, God came through and, and showed if he's on your side, even if it's just him versus anyone else, you, you still win. 
Well, the, that's so, man, that's such a powerful, powerful testimony there. And I know it's an encouragement to not only us, but all those who have listened to you tonight. And it's a reminder that if God before you, who can be against you, right? Uh, the world can be against you, but if God before you, who can be against you? And you know what uh, you continue to stand on and claim is Isaiah 54 and 17. You know what that says? That uh, no no uh, no weapon. No weapons formed against us shall prosper. Even the tongue that shall rise up against thee in the day of judgment, thou shalt condemn. And that is so powerful. And uh, this it's a reminder: God is on the throne, and uh, you know He'll get the final say. Well, thank you so much, uh, Brother Tremaine, for your testimony. And we're gonna try to squeeze in uh, Sally before our program ends, but. Let's just pray over this blessing with you, and we can have Jim to do it as a praise report. We want to thank God for that, and we have Jim to pray, and then we'll try to get to Sally. Amen. I just want to say you had me at clean slate. That's a, that is a, uh, uh, an absolute message of salvation right there, the way you described it and how Jesus takes away our sin and gives us a clean slate. That's it. And, and there's no way that happened without his, his grace. doing. His yes, grace. No, you're talking about your, his grace upon you, my brother. Grace mm-hmm. upon grace upon grace. Oh, and, amen. And, Lord, we just thank you so much that you are such a great and gracious God and that you do these things for us, Lord. And uh, I've seen it just recently in my own life, the way you've worked. Uh, through me and my family and the circumstances to bless us. And, Lord, you are so awesome, and I thank you for what you're doing in Jermaine's life. And I just pray that blessing upon the, the listening audience that, that they may see in their own lives this great, gracious blessing from you as well. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Thank you, Jermaine, and thank you, Jim, for that prayer, and thank you for your call and your tremendous testimony. Keep on sharing it with the world. All right, brother. We love you now. God bless. All right. Well, that takes us to Sally. Sally, are you there? I am here. How are you doing, Sally? Timer's week. All three of us at once. Uh, God bless Jermaine for not running away from this, but for staying with it and trying to get it solved. That's right. And I think God honored him for that. That is that is so beautiful, Uh, Doctor Buckner. The Bible is such an uh, a wonderful gift. We don't need to have alcohol. If we have alcohol, we don't have the Bible. And I've seen people who have absolutely ruined their lives within 10 years because of alcohol. But I can say that 89 years of the Bible, or at least 82 of them, have been absolutely the best thing that ever happened to anybody. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. That's uh, Sally, that is a testimony right there. And I tell you, we say a healthy amen to that, what you just said. You know, you know, the Lord says, uh, if any man hunger and thirst, uh, I will, uh, you know, satisfy that hunger and thirst. And he's the bread of life. So if you feed on him, he'll just satisfy you where you can just continue to feed on him and you don't need anything else but just his blessing. So uh, thank you for sharing that. Pray for those of us who are older, and we, I mean, we have nothing of the heat that they're having back east, but it's really tough for older people to, to have to deal with heat. And we don't have uh, air conditioning, but we do have fans, and I'm 
thankful for that. But well, uh, well you know what? You know, That's a good prayer request, and and uh, my mother is in Bakersfield where she uh, doesn't uh-huh. like air conditioning, and we continue. My sisters, uh, my sister and brother, have to go by there and try to get it on for her. But Jim is going to pray for that and go into the uh, closing. But let's pray for those who need to be protected as seniors. And then uh, close. And thank you, Sally, for your call, Brother Jim. Amen. And, Father, we thank you so much that uh, for, your, for your gifts. And, Lord, we pray for those people that are in the heat, and we pray that you would give them relief. And, Lord, protect them. Just put a hedge of protection around them so that they will, will not be stricken by this or afflicted by it. And we thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Well, we've come to the end of another exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, Frederick, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being a part of tonight's program. You can all, um, Also, if you have friends or relatives outside of the broadcast area, you can encourage them to listen to the program, Contending for the Faith, online at kfax.com. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time, when once again we give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better better enable you to contend for the faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.